Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, December 31st. Happy New Year. We are heading into another year where COVID, unfortunately, is part of the conversation. So we're talking with Calgary psychologist Dr. Brent McDonald about dealing with our psychological health and ways to cope as the pandemic continues into a third year. If getting into shape is on your New Year's resolution list, we'll get some help from Calgary-based fitness and nutrition coach Justin Slim on how to get results without breaking the bank with expensive fitness gear and equipment. On this New Year's Eve, we're looking back on a big year in outer space. We discussed the big celestial events of the past year and what to watch for in 2022 with the backyard astronomer Gary Boyle. COVID did not take the holidays off, so we're checking in with Global's Washington correspondent Jennifer Johnson for an update on the soaring COVID case numbers, as well as a look back at the big news stories out of the United States in 2021. And speaking of looking back, we talk about the best of TV shows from the past year with Brett McGarry, host of The Couch Potatoes. And we're heading into another year where COVID, unfortunately, is still part of the conversation. So how are we feeling? How is our psychological health? Joining us to discuss ways to cope with feelings as we move into the COVID-19 pandemic for a third year is Dr. Brent McDonald. Good morning to you, doctor. Thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure, Sue. Appreciate it. Okay, so how do you think people are feeling right now? What are you hearing from people in your world? Well, I don't think it takes a psychologist to recognize that we're exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm certainly hearing that in my practice, and uh, I'm hearing it from healthcare workers. I'm hearing it from teachers. I'm hearing it from my, the kids I work with. Um, everyone is just is beat, um, and not surprisingly so, because you know psychologically, we we're built to withstand a certain degree of stress over a certain amount of time. But as you just said, you know we're entering into year three of of uh, this COVID thing, and um, you know our psychological resources and our ability to adapt are really getting drained. Um, and have been for some time. Yeah, I, you know, I like to think of myself as a pretty happy, positive person, but I, I think mm. like most of us, we kind of thought COVID was on the decline and then Omicron came along. So how do we mm-hmm. prepare for 2022 and year three of being a part of COVID and, and beyond that even? I think one of the most critical things we have to really get into our mindset here is that there may not be a, a quote-unquote end point to this. Like it's not going to be June 1st, oh, you know, COVID's over. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to be that kind of uh, ritualized end to the, the effect of, of the virus. So it's going to be a more gradual process. And we have seen that over time that, you know, the, um, you know, the, the nature of the, the variants and that sort of thing have been different each time. But we need to really shift our thinking from, you know, there's going to be an end to this to what are we learning on an ongoing basis to help us adapt. So like you said, I tend to be very similar. I tend to be very happy, um, you know, positive kind of person, but we also have to be realistic and, 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 you know, sometimes the the oldest advice is the best advice and, you know, the advice of, you know, expect the best, but prepare for the worst Mm. uh, really, I think applies here. Are there things that we can or should focus on? For example, is, is it a good idea, do you think, sometimes to make a list, uh, you know, things that we can control, things that we can't control, that maybe we can focus on to make us feel better? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of us have done that sort of thing, be it a list or be it, you know, being more aware of our sleep patterns, being more aware of what we're eating, those sorts of things that, and, and relying on, on our social resources. Those things have been have largely been happening. Um 
I think where we're at right now, we have to get to a bigger picture of, you know, we're not just going to check off, okay, am I getting good sleep? Am I getting good uh, food and, and good nutrition, those sorts of things? We have to move past that. We keep that, don't get me wrong, but we have to move past that into, you know, what have we learned from this and how can we continue to adapt? Because that's what's going to get us through is this ability, and this is what always gets human beings through difficult situations, is the ability to adapt to challenges. And, you know, what I strongly encourage your, your listeners to do is, is really think about, okay, so we have a new year coming. COVID's going to be part of that. We're, we recognize that. How much control do we have over certain things and how much don't we? For example, um, you know, the, the um, return to school thing that uh, was in the press conference last night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of control over that. So we have to adapt to it. And ultimately, the ability to adapt actually makes us stronger. But right now, we're so tired and our our psychological resources are so limited. Adaptation or making changes to hard situations is really limited. Are we better at adapting than we think we are? Oh, without question. Uh, We have to give ourselves credit because, you know, as much as we're entering into year three of this, think back to March 2020, for example, right, when things started to shut down. At that point, we thought, you know, this is a temporary shift and and we'll get through this. And I'm willing to bet that any listener out there today, yourself included, myself included, we we have to look back to that time and say, wow, (laughs) wow. Look at how much I've adapted to this situation. Mm-hmm. Look at the changes I've made that are now just part of normal day-to-day life. And had we... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, like following your train of thought, just kind of grasping on the positive, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... that And that restores some of that psychological strength that, that we're kind of lacking right now in many cases because if we look at this as it's just going to continue and it's going to get worse, then, yeah, it's going to be harder to adapt. If we look at it from a very different perspective and say, look at how far we've come. Look how far I as an individual have come in terms of my resiliency, in terms of my mental toughness. Then we have the opportunity to grow and and uh, continue to make adaptations that are going to be healthier in the long run. And every day that we're upright is better than the other option, right? So that's what it comes down to. I yeah. love it. Okay, so a couple of quick seconds left, but your final sure. advice for better health moving forward into 2022. Again, mindset is critical. Uh, Expect the best, prepare for the worst. um, And, you know, just keep in mind that there may not be a, you know, hard end to this. So, you know, the the grieving process, the process of of, of working through this stuff, it's going to take time. But we're strong. And I strongly believe in in the the strength of of, of our psychology that we um, we will make it through this. Thank you so much for joining us and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, Sue. Appreciate it. Dr. Brett McDonald, psychologist with McDonald Psychology Group. And if you need help, you can reach out their website, complexlearners.com. Is getting into shape or maybe dropping a few pounds at the top of your New Year's resolution list? Well, if so, you might be thinking you should run right out and get yourself a gym membership or maybe drop a whole lot of cash on expensive workout equipment for your home. But apparently that is not the case. Joining us now to talk about how you can still get results without breaking the bank is Calgary-based fitness and nutrition coach Justin Slim. Hi, Justin. Sue, good morning. How are you? Excellent, sir. Good to talk to you. It's been a long time. I know that Mm -hmm. this is super passion for you. And I want to talk to you first off about, you know, what's your philosophy on making a big New Year's resolution for getting fit in the new year? How do you feel about that as, you know, this kind of overwhelming need that we feel, okay, I've got to lose weight and I've got to get fit Mm. for 2022? 
Yeah, I think New Year's resolutions are, are extremely, extremely tough for a lot of people because, you know what, they have motivation. January 1st, it's like, ah, it's resetting the clock. And then it turns into, okay, well, I'll just start on Monday, and then I'll start next month. Mm. And it, it kind of gets kicked down the field over and over and over again. So my philosophy is, is that there's no wrong time to start. So even if you want to start on December 31st, if you want to start on February 14th, it doesn't matter. The point is, what's more important than setting these resolutions is building a level of consistency that you can adhere to throughout the year so that you can always go back to that baseline and still feel successful along the way. Because I think a lot of people struggle with that falling off at the end of the year, quote unquote, Christmas holidays, Mm -hmm. holiday break and eating all the food. And then it feels like they're a failure. So I would much rather see people build off consistency, look for that low-hanging fruit, and and build off of that. And start small, right? I mean, we don't need to go crazy and go seven times a week when we go start going to the gym or, you know, if that's the case, or, or just eating better. What is, it, what is it if you do, you know, what you do 80% of the time is, is really what's important? You know what? Studies, and this is proven by science, Sue, is that people who adhere to their diet or, nutri- or their fitness plan 80% of the time are actually more likely to succeed in the long run, right? It, it, this, this idea that we need to be perfect in our fitness and nutrition plan is absolute garbage, in my opinion, because it just gives people this, this feeling of failure if they have a cookie at the end of the day. And my thought is, is if you can build that balance and work on the feelings associated with that, then you'll be more successful in the long run. Okay, let's talk about uh, what kind of equipment we might need then, Justin, as we look to 2022. Like, you know, mm. all, obviously, as we get older and life goes on, we, we want to try and stay healthy at the least. Mm-hmm. So for equipment at home, what are some of the basics that you suggest? Yeah, absolutely. And, and this all goes back to the person and what their goals are and what they're looking to accomplish. When it comes to overall health, I think you can just use your body weight. First thing a lot of people, able-bodied people can do is walk. If people can lace up those running shoes and commit to, you know, 15, 30 minutes a day of just getting their steps in, that's a great start. That's a great place to be. And it also depends on your fitness level as well. If you want to take it up a level, maybe get like a, a pair of dumbbells. You can find them on Goodwill or Facebook Marketplace. Nice, easy, cheap way to get that there. You don't need to go with the fancy, you know, $800 dumbbells or, a, you know, a bench or a squat rack or anything to that you know, unless that's your goal at the end of the day, you don't need that fancy stuff. And, you know, to be honest with you, last year when things were locked down, I had a dusty old pair of dumbbells, a couple of bands, and I was deadlifting my couch and filling up old pieces of uh, <laughs> luggage in the backpack and using odd objects around the house as well to use that resistance can also be beneficial as well. So start cheap. And I, I would just say, do what you can build a level of consistency first, rather than investing a lot of money into this. And, and, you know, you keep saying consistency, and I think that that's key, isn't it? Once we sort of create a bit of a routine, it, it just sort of falls into your life's plans, whether it is just, as you mentioned, going out and maybe taking a half hour walk or a 15, 20 minutes, whatever you can do. If you do it on the regular, it becomes second nature, right? That's exactly it. And, and the thing is, is that people think that they're going to be sparked by motivation all the time. Like, I need to be motivated to work out. I need to do this in order to see those results that I want. But motivation is waning. It's going to come and go. Sometimes you're going to feel 
you know, you know, for example, this announcement that just came back with, you know, schools being delayed by a week. Mm-hmm. Some parents are now frustrated and exhausted and they're just feeling, oh, I'm not motivated to go to the gym. This is now I have to figure out this. But this is why it goes back to that consistency and looking for that low hanging fruit, doing honestly the bare minimum to check that thing at the end of the day. The bare minimum is far better than doing nothing at all. Hey, the, I agree. You know, you, you're a fitness and nutrition coach. Do you sometimes go, oh, I just don't want to work out today? hundred percent. A hundred percent I do. And this is why I look for that level of consistency or the low-hanging fruit, right? So if I'm not feeling it, fine. I'm going to sit on the couch and want net, watch Netflix sometimes. I'm a human as well. I've got two young kids at home. I think it's important to realize that these these portrayals that you see on magazine covers or on social media it's it's you know it's just showing a highlight reel right but that's not real life Mm -hmm. real life is sometimes you're going to eat that whole bag of cookies and sometimes (laughs) you're going to put your feet up at the end of the day and watch that funny show just to kind of calm your mental health and you know, I was, I was actually going through the Global News website and I saw this most recent survey about, uh, you know, conducted by Ipsos. And it looks like 37% of people do want to work on their mental health as well. So while physical health is very important, we have to understand that the endorphins that come from movement will also improve your mental health at the end of the day. So we can't discredit that either, that mental health is a big component of this. You know, that, that was my next question. It was to ask you about mental health and how important working out is. And really, it, it can change. It literally can change how you're feeling today, tomorrow, and beyond, can't it? A hundred percent. And this is why I like to go back to that idea of perfection versus consistency, because if you find some sort of semblance of building on top of your wins and constantly just keeping that ball rolling, your mental health will be far more superior than if you said, "Ah, I need to go seven days a week and, oh, I missed a day. So that means I'm, I'm failing, I'm failing. Telling yourself that you're failing is just just a terrible way to go through this journey. So I do recommend that people look for ways that are going to improve their mental health when they're going through a fitness and nutrition journey. Uh, the perfect, perfect workout is the one that gets done at the end of the day, mm. right? So looking to find one that you are going to enjoy is going to make you smile, is going to maybe make you build a community, whether it's online or in person. I think that those are great, great things to to set up with your fitness plan. You've given us lots to think about, Justin, as we look to 2022. Can you give us maybe a couple of just sort of basic tips for folks who are thinking, okay, I need to get started on this train. What do I do? Keep it simple. That's the number one thing that I could recommend. Keep it simple. Look to what you're already doing and add on to that. Don't subtract right? So people think that, oh, I need to cut my calories or I need to do keto or I need to do this or that or the other. The thing is, is that the four pillars of health revolve around fitness or movement, some sort of movement, stress reduction, sleep, high quality sleep, and nutrient dense whole foods. If you can put a check mark in one of those columns each and every single day, you will win, right? So just keep adding on onto those pillars every single day you will succeed. You'll see results in the long run as long as you stay consistent. Justin, what's your website? How do people find you? Yeah, check me out, justinslim.com. I'm on all social media platforms as well. Happy to help if anybody has any questions. And that's double M, Justin, S-L-I-M-M.com. Thank you so much for joining us. All the best in 2022. Happy New Year, Sue. Thank you. Justin Slim, fitness and nutrition coach. Maybe you want to give him a call as you head into the new year.
little beebs for you as we end 2021 and talk about what's going on in outer space. On this New Year's Eve, we're looking back on a big year in space for, uh, to be precise, and the, to discuss all the celestial events of the past year and what we should watch for in 2022. We're joined this morning by Gary Boyle, otherwise known as the Backyard Astronomer. Hi, Gary. Good morning, Sue. Thank you so much for joining us. Lots to talk about. In fact, uh, this brand new $10 billion space telescope that was recently launched. How big a deal is this for us back on Earth? Well, it's a huge deal in science. The James Webb Space Telescope, so named for James James Webb. He was the administrator of NASA from 1961 to 69, or to 68, that is. Um, it's it's uh, it's massive compared to the Hubble Space Telescope, which is about the size of a of a large school bus. But um, this is a much much larger larger mirror, about three times the size, six point six meter wide, compared to two point four for Hubble. But really, where it's um, going to be doing all its research, so one and a half million kilometers from Earth, called the Lagrange two point, and that is needed to be away from Earth because of light, and it's going to be a very cold uh, location. In fact, in space, at that point, it's at minus 223 degrees Celsius. So you think it's cold in Calgary. (laughs) This is cold up in space. (laughs) You know it. Yeah, no, go ahead. But but no wind chill factor. Well, that's a good thing. And the reason why, too, is that this telescope will be working more in the near-infrared. Infrared are heat signatures such as when the helicopters look for missing people at night, um, when they glow sort of thing. We're looking for that in stars, in in deep space, looking through the gas and dust of galaxies to see really how galaxies began almost at the beginning of time, 13.8 billion years ago. The Hubble does or is doing some fantastic work, but now we're the next generation of, of telescopes and really will unlock secrets of, did black holes first form and then the galaxies formed around black holes or vice versa looked at uh, more exoplanets at the atmosphere see if there's any life because one of the missions hopefully going to venus is looking for life in the atmosphere of venus that they believe mm-hmm. might might be so it's really going to open up new doors fascinating you know what else opened up new doors was private space travel big deal in 2021 what what do you think you personally what does this mean for the the future of space travel for us well, it really, um, for space travel for the, well, I wouldn't say for the average person because it's a quarter million dollars yeah. <laughs> a, a ride. So I'll keep on those lottery tickets. But it shows you how private industry now has really taken the burden off of NASA and other countries to launch all people in space. Um, Jeff Bezos allowed William Shatner and, and Michael Strahan and other passengers to go past the Carmen line which is 100 kilometers up in space and touch space for a few minutes. But really, Elon Musk, um, with his uh, Dragon capsule, is actually ferrying astronauts to it from the space station, bringing up supplies. And, of course, we know going, going to Mars um, next, next decade, going to the moon 2025. So he's doing some fantastic work. So it's, it's just to show you now that but even the private industry, uh, again, you have lots of money, yeah. but technology is taken outside the box, and we're really uh, going over leaps and bounds. Gary, what would you say for you, what was the biggest celestial event we saw in 2021? Uh, celestial event, 
well, other than the launching of the uh, the um, James Webb James Webb Space Telescope, um, I guess with the lunar eclipses that that we had, although I personally didn't see it here, um, I'm happy that a lot of people did see, it, especially in uh, in western uh, Western Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a couple of uh, Northern Light d- displays again. Did not see from lower eastern uh, eastern Ontario over here, but you saw it up there. But really, just any night. Uh, that I stepped out on, on the deck because I do live in the lovely countryside. It is always the first. I've uh, been um, hooked or had a passion for astronomy since uh, 1965 when I was eight years old and really haven't stopped. So every night is, is like a first. What are, you like lo- what are you looking forward to in 2022? I know you're passionate about it. Is there something exciting that you're looking forward to? Well, first of all, to see these new pictures from, from James Webb about six months from now. Uh, also, the, the DART mission that's uh, going to an asteroid to see if it can move the little asteroid just a bit. Now, there are no asteroids coming toward Earth. Chicken Little will not be running down the streets saying the sky is falling. But to see if, if one is coming toward Earth, because one will eventually come toward Earth if we can deflect it in its orbit. So that'll be interesting to see in September of 2022. It's going to be an exciting year ahead. We thank you for joining us and wish you all the best in 2022. Thanks for joining us, Gary. Thank you. Have a happy and safe 2022. Thank you, you too. Gary Boyle, Backyard Astronomer. You can find him on Twitter at Astro Educator. He's also got a Facebook page. He's just brilliant. Got lots of really neat things to talk about when it comes to outer space. Gary Boyle is the Backyard Astronomer. Well, COVID certainly didn't take the holidays off. Cases in the United States soaring to levels not seen during the course of the pandemic. We were experiencing it here in Canada, so it's not really much of a big surprise. But we've got some details on that and all the news coming from our southern neighbours. This morning, we're joined by Global News Washington correspondent Jennifer Johnson. Hi, Jennifer. Good morning, Sue. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. Happy New Year's Eve day to you, first of all. And to you. <laughs> we'll talk Thank about you. we'll talk about your plans in a few minutes. But what's the uh, current COVID situation like in the states? Boy, the numbers are just uh, continually climbing, just like we're seeing here in Canada. Yeah, the numbers are really skyrocketing here. We're averaging about three hundred fifty-five thousand cases a day for the past seven days. Uh, some days have hit over 450,000 of new 450,000 new cases it, it's just they're staggering numbers it is uh it's like wildfire down here it seems like everybody you know has gotten it or has a family member who has gotten it and uh what's different about the omicron variant is that people get sick within two to three days of being in, exposed and so um you know it, it's just it seems like somebody sees somebody at Christmas, three days later, you know, the family's Mm -hmm. sick. And that's what's happening across the country. What's President Biden doing? I mean, you know, I I feel for politicians because they can really not do anything right in this situation. But what is he trying to do to to stem things? Well, he's gotten a lot of heat because the testing sites that have been all over the country and the at-home tests, that you can buy in pharmacies, they're basically, you basically can't get them. You you cannot get an at-home test, and it's very difficult to get a test at a testing site. Um, and so he's gotten a lot of heat for not seeing this coming, for not preparing. He is promising 500 million at-home tests to be delivered to Americans sometime in early January. He has sent the Federal Emergency Management Agency out to several states to set up pop-up sites, testing sites, drive-through sites. Um, 
And the National Guard's been deployed in 48 states. So uh, although that's a governor's decision, it also has um, some federal funding. So he did, you know, take the airwaves earlier this week and promise Americans that he, the federal government was helping out. But he admitted they wish they had done things sooner. Uh, well, let's leave COVID behind, which hopefully one day we can actually do in <laughs> reality. But uh, lots more to talk about as we head <clears throat> right through this end of the year. Let's talk about the verdict in the trial of Ghislaine Maxwell. I-, I don't think anyone would be surprised that she was found guilty on some of the charges, but all but one. Yeah, all but one and very serious charges uh, involving sex trafficking and, and her role in uh, luring young girls uh, to Jeffrey Epstein and, and his homes and, um, you know, the sexual abuse inflicted by him. There's been some criticism that she is paying for most of what were his sins, mm-hmm. but she certainly, the jury certainly found that she played a massive part in uh, this this organization. And she, as you said, she was found guilty of five to six of the charges and uh, faces 40 years in prison. She is in her 60s, so she will likely spend the rest of her life in prison. Let's look back at 2021 as a whole. For you, what were some of the top headlines that, you know, really stuck out to you in the United States through this past year? Well, certainly COVID has dominated everything Mm -hmm. in this country. Um, Just (laughs) still you know, just just the, what the toll it's taken on our healthcare system, on our healthcare workers, on the economy, on small businesses, and I think as you uh, you teased earlier, um, the psychological impact it's had on Americans. I think that's one of the reasons why we're in such trouble now is because people let down their guard and they were sick and tired of not seeing their families since 2019 at the holidays, and they you know they're paying for it. Um, so I, I guess COVID is probably number one. The January 6th insurrection mm-hmm. stands out in my mind, probably because the anniversary is coming up. But, you know, the investigation is still going on with that. The uh, insanity, if you will, after the election with the claims that it was a stolen election, there was widespread fraud. None of that was true. Gosh, that was um, still this year. Boy, it seems like... <laughs> it's been an exhausting year. It has, <laughs> hasn't it? Wow, so much, so much has happened. Yeah, and, the, you know, the wildfires, and, and you know, it, it leads me right into what's going on in Colorado uh, yesterday mm-hmm. and today with these insane wildfires that that have destroyed over 580 homes and a shopping plaza, and they're still burning, and the winds are 170 kilometers wow. per hour, and, you know... <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy yeah. New Year. I mean, what, what a crazy year it's been. It has been wild, and Mother Nature sure has not been pleased with us this year. We've experienced that, mm-hmm. you know, those things in Canada, too, for sure. What do New Year's celebrations look like in the States this year with COVID and everything else that's going on? Well, a lot of cities have canceled them. Cities like Los Angeles, San Francisco, Seattle have canceled uh, their celebrations. The Times Square, the big one, the ball drop in Times Square is going on. They're going to limit the crowd to a quarter of the size. People have to be masked and they have to show proof of vaccination. Uh, So they're trying to mitigate the COVID spread. Um, it is pretty warm here, so it's going to be warm in New York and in the Washington area, but it's going to be pretty warm in New York too, which doesn't help, which does help things a little bit. Um, but 
<clears throat> excuse me, for the most part, I think people are going to lay low and they're being encouraged by the Centers for Disease Control to lay low to not go to parties because of the spread of COVID. And as I said, a number of cities have canceled their mm-hmm. celebrations. I'm kind of surprised Times Square celebrations are even going on. Have you ever been there for the New Year's Eve and the, the ball drop? I have never been there for the ball drop. I've been to Times Square, obviously, a lot of times, but um, never for the ball drop. I'm not. I'm not a real big, giant crowd person. Yeah. Um, it just it's a little claustrophobic for me. I was honestly very shocked um, with this, the fact that they're letting this go on. And I think, I, I think if if I could, you know, take a peek into the psychology of it, it's because. The stores there have taken a real economic hit. Uh, um, Broadway is already, you know, for the most part, closing down. And I think, I think the psychology of the city, uh, the city officials, felt like they needed it. Yeah, that, that would be my guess because I, I was shocked they didn't stop it. Especially after Atlanta. Atlanta has a uh, a peach drop, which is similar, um, and and you know, a massive crowd, tens of thousands of people, and um, they did cancel there. So I was a little bit surprised. And LA canceled all of its celebrations. So the other big cities have, have been canceling. Wild. Your plans for tonight? What are you doing? You have a big, big party going to? Oh yeah, we're gonna <laughs> order in dinner and uh, we're gonna watch a movie on Netflix. So it's gonna be a wild scene here. So that is exactly <laughs> the wild scene happening at my house too. I think it's probably gonna be very typical in most houses this year, don't yeah. you think? Yes, I think that's going to be pretty much the norm for a lot of people. Well, we're grateful for uh, your contribution to the show throughout 2021. Looking forward to a much better 2022. Happy New Year to you, and thanks so much for joining us. Happy New Year to you, Sue, and I hope I hope 2022 will be kinder. I really do. Let's hope. Fingers crossed. Thanks, Jen. Jennifer Johnson, Washington reporter for Global News. Friday morning, but a special Friday morning because it's New Year's Eve day and joining us to talk all things, well, I guess what we can do to celebrate New Year's and beyond is Brett McGarry, host of The Couch Potatoes. Good morning, Brett. Hi there. Hey, any big plans for tonight? Will you be watching movies? I might watch movies. Uh, there, I suspect there will be a pizza uh, that that shall be ordered, and I'm just trying to f- decide what I want to watch. If I want to watch something new, or if I want to watch something older, like I've been wanting to rewatch the. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to rewatch the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Oh yeah, with Andrew Garfield, and uh, I've been meaning to get to that. So maybe I'll do that. I was thinking of watching Star Wars Rogue One. I don't know, just something. I, I need some sort of a comfort blanket, <laughs> so to speak, to close the year. I hear you, and I know it's very cold there. It's very cold here. It's going to be through, anyway, through New Year's Eve and into the weekend. So I'm kind of doing the same thing. The four of us, my two kids, my wife and I, we're going to just pile into our bed, order a pizza, eat popcorn and candy, and watch Encanto, Disney's new movie that just got released on TV, because my kids are pumped about that one. Oh, and that one's getting, uh, well, all of their animated movies get terrific reviews. It's at uh, 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, so yeah, that one looks uh, pretty extraordinary. Perfect. Well, I'll tell you how that is next week. In the meantime, let's talk about other stuff. What can people get into? I know we, we wanted to kind of touch on the best um, TV shows of 2021. Lots of lookbacks on this New Year's Eve. Was TV, was it a big year for TV shows? 
Oh, gosh, it was such a good year for television. I had, uh, you know, it, it, I think this actually speaks to just kind of how, like, simple my life is. When one, <laughs> of the, one of the things that gives me the most stress is which 10 shows am I going to pick for my top 10? How am I going to narrow it down to 10 shows? Because as I was looking at my list of all the shows that I've watched, I had I put a, an asterisk beside all the shows that were potential contenders. And I had, like, 40 shows Wow, um, that were all really really good that's why like a couple of weeks ago jeff braun and i we did a show called the best of the rest where we we still wanted to showcase a lot of the stuff that was on this year we just they weren't quite good enough to make the top 20 um but uh yeah i i thought this was a great year like looking at uh at network television for example csi vegas i mm. thought was cool i thought it was expecting Bringing it the old cast lousy. back home right yeah, I thought it was actually a good story, and they they kept it short. It was only ten episodes, so that made it more focused. I think Survivor was yes. a really good show this year, so in spite good. of the fact, yeah, like, and that was a tough act to follow. So the fortieth season was so incredible. Uh, so to come back and still put on a good show, uh, and with a couple of Canadians in the cast, yep, nonetheless. Yep. Um, and I felt actually guilty cheering against one of the Canadians, but I just found <laughs> her so obnoxious. <laughs> but that's why the show is fun. You that's pick exactly your heroes, you pick it. your villains. Um, Apple TV Plus had come from away, which is, uh, the, the Canadian story mm-hmm. that, uh, they, they did the, they filmed a Broadway performance of that. Uh, so that's cool. And it's cool that you can watch that, especially now that they had to shut down the, the Toronto production just after coming back. That sort of stinks. But uh, as far as our top 10 goes, it was a real dilemma for me. So this week's edition of the Couch Potatoes, the podcast is now available if you want to check out our top 20. But yeah, okay, so much cool. good stuff. Okay, good. Well, can you, can you, do you want to, can you share the top five with us even? Uh, I will give you... Or tease us see. with a few of them. How's that? Okay, we don't want to blow uh, the whole thing, I guess. Okay, well, I'll give you... Jeff actually started with a different route. He went with the... <laughs> he started the show with the Grey Cup. Oh, he really? Says, it's one of his favorite traditions of the year. And uh, and then I followed that by saying, well, anybody who was listening to our show in Hamilton isn't uh, <laughs> listening anymore. Good <laughs> point. Because the Bombers beat the Hamilton. I really enjoyed a documentary, a crime documentary on Netflix called Night Stalker, the hunt for a serial killer. It came out back in January, actually, and it was about the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez. And it was it's a four-part documentary on Netflix. It was really, really good. Um, Jeff's been really enjoying Dexter, New Blood, which has two episodes left. I'm really liking that, too. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I thought, had a tremendous closing series um all of the marvel cinematic universe shows yeah, were terrific yeah. so those are some of the shows and then yeah we've got yellowstone in there and some squid game and and then um my top two i was my biggest dilemma because i i, I proclaimed both shows would be number one but i had to decide <laughs> there can only be one number one <laughs> that's so, true yeah and wait let's go back to the couch potatoes podcast explain so everybody can tune in weekly brett Yes, it's a weekly show that airs on your radio station, as well as uh, yeah. seven other radio stations across. So the show, we, we record the show, it gets put out as a podcast, and then it airs at very, on uh, various radio stations across Canada, okay. including Winnipeg, Toronto, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver. Okay, well, if they miss it here, they can get it on the podcast. And uh, we wish you all the best in 2022. Thank you for always cheering us up on a Friday and finding something fun for us to watch on the weekend. So thanks, Brett. And season four of Cobra Kai is now available on Netflix. Got to watch that this weekend. Happy New Year.
to you as well. Brett McGarry of the Couch Potatoes. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And tune in to Mornings with Sue and Andy from 530 to 9 every weekday morning on 770 CHQR.